Hot men and jewelry. Who, okay, who I'm is resisting it? saying people. Yeah. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, he. I feel like he's at the top of the list right now because he's so hot right now. Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X. Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar, though, did you see him at the Super Bowl? No, I didn't Do you watch, watch his... sports. Are you crazy? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? Do I watch sports? Okay, you know what I do watch? I watch uh, the FIFA Cup. Okay, I don't soccer. I know what that is. Yeah, so going to pretend like I don't. So I watch I watch soccer, but uh, as as it's referred to here, do soccer players wear jewelry? Yes, they do. Ronaldo? Are you kidding me? He is he is decked out. That man knows how to wear jewelry. Should we get him on this podcast? Yeah, can you call Ronaldo and see if he'll Mm -hmm. come do this podcast? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, let's get on that. Because that's gonna happen. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Welcome to Rough Cut, guys. Welcome to Delusion. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Rough Cut. The the podcast that gets you the guests of your dreams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. I'm JB Jones. I'm Alon Siewicz. So, Alon, mm-hmm. let's talk about men. I want to talk about men. <laughs> the reason we're here talking about men and jewelry today is because we did this we did this podcast once before, which you're not going to hear because all we did was talk about how hot men look in jewelry. Mm-hmm. So, we had to rethink it because I mean, who cares, right? You yeah, could whatever. stay at home and, and make a list on your own, exactly. your own, right? Exactly, yeah. It was literally like 45 minutes of us just going like, is he hot? Is this hot? Is this hot? Is that hot? Which yeah, is not an interesting thing the, to listen to. Well, it, but it was fun. It was fun to do. It was fun to yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing we're going to talk today about is why men and jewelry is important to your business even if you don't think it is. Exactly. And I like this spin on our conversation much better. Um, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't... We, I mean, I mean we agree have to disagree. But you know, like Gia Gunn says, what you want to do isn't always what you're going to do. What you're going to do. Right. So. And we have news for you guys. If you think you're not making jewelry for men and you think you're only making jewelry for women... You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're making jewelry... For anyone who wants it. Exactly. And this is how you need to think about your business, right? So you and I had a discussion about kind of marketing in general and how jewelers, how independent jewelers specifically, have a tendency to market their collections. And obviously, most of the people we know, I think it's safe to say, uh, focus on women. Right. Um, there's most. 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 Certainly not all, but most do. And we know some people who focus on men, and we know some people who have kind of unisex, very kind of Mm -hmm. non-binary collections as well, and they promote them as such. Mm -hmm. But those are very, very few and far in between. So Mm -hmm. we really need to get into why that is and why it shouldn't be that way. And it has everything to do with commerce. Right. So, you know, I like whenever we get into a topic like this, I like to talk about the real stuff. Yeah. And to me, the real stuff is the money. Let's dig in. I want to talk about the money, Let's honey. talk about money. Yeah. We need one of those buttons that plays like money, okay. money, money, money. I need, we, need a, we need a whole little machinery that has buttons with different sound effects. We do. If anyone out there wants to sponsor this podcast so we can get that, yeah, hit us up. Sponsor me. Right. Okay. So... Yes, unisex. Unisex. Everything. Everything. So you follow Engagement 101, right? Yeah. She's always talking about sort of alternative 
bridal stuff. Love it. Love same-sex it. couples, non-binary couples, that sort of thing, and marketing to them. And she always... Because that's the world. At Jewelry Week, this is a big thing for us. And in case I didn't mention it, which I don't think I did, this is an NYC Jewelry Week podcast. Officially. 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 That is a big thing for us, is to talk about jewelry in the context of the world that we live in now. Correct. We don't live in a bubble, guys, of other, you know, of of jewelry where everything's just pretty all the time and you make an engagement ring for someone, you know, that looks like, you know, a perfect engagement ring that you grew up seeing in a fairy tale, right? That's not that's not real. That's, that's not a, what that's everyone not wants. Most people right? and it's what most people don't want now. People want something people else. People want individuality. They want individuality, right? they want yeah. authenticity. And they want choices and they don't mm -hmm. want to be told I can't wear that ring cuz it's a men's ring or that that necklace is only for women. And they don't want to be told what they ought or what they should be doing for their weddings, for their anything. Mm -mm. Nobody wants no. that. I certainly, I, I, there are too many shoulds in the world, and I don't like to get shoulded into anything. Totally. And, whoa, that was a rough you sentence. You know, I think I interrupted you when we were talking about Engagement 101. Yes. So I wanted to say she does a really great job of, um, Severine, she does a great job of pointing out designers who do focus on alternative bridal. And she often points out not just same-sex uh, sort of engagement pieces, but also non-binary stuff, unisex stuff. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a great thing because... <clears throat> In this business in particular, when you're talking about custom engagement stuff, that is such a stuffy, stuffy, old-fashioned sort of like, it's just a bog. It's a bog. <laughs> how so? How do you How do you think? It's the same old thing, and it all looks like it came from the 80s. You know, it's just dated. Mm. For, for most people who do custom bridal are not sort of visionary in what they're producing. And I know that a lot of couples still ask for traditional-looking right, stuff, yeah. and I get that. You have to provide that as a service, right? But I wish that there were more designers who really pushed the boundaries of what that could mean. You can right. make a ring that is traditional, but also like much more interesting and unisex and all that stuff. Obviously, we're talking about somebody's wedding, right? So they want the thing of their dreams. Right, yeah. So part right. of it is the designer. The other half of it is the client because the client mm -hmm. obviously is coming to you with very traditional circumscribed ideas about what a wedding band should look like, right? Mm -hmm. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. What JB and I are saying is that when you have the opportunity to push those boundaries, it's good business because it's great for you as a designer to educate your clientele about what could be. So your client may come in and say they want something very traditional. But if that's all they've ever seen, they don't know that that's something they actually want or if it's something they just should want. Right. So I think it's great to have designers out there in the world who say, yes, I can give you that very traditional sort of wedding ring. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. And again, nothing wrong with that. Make that sale. Make that ring. I don't care. Nobody cares. Do it. Absolutely. It's good for your business. But it's also a smart idea to present to the world alternatives to that. Mm -hmm. And it, that can potentially grow your business. And it can also inspire your current clientele. Right. Right. And, and keep those clients attached to you as well when you can really connect with someone mm -hmm. and give them something that speaks to them. Exactly. Right. I think just in the whole terms of what we're trying to say here with men and jewelry and how you can market beyond just male and female is that you can also market these 
custom things that you're creating that might not fall in line with your collection. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. Yes. You know, Lorraine West is a great example of this. Yes. When on her website, um, before she launched a fine jewelry collection, she had examples of custom jewelry that she was making was very different than what her fashion collection was about. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just a, a wonderful moment that she's putting that out into the world of here's are things that I'm capable of beyond what my vision is yes. for you guys, right? Because jewelry is really about that personal relationship. Absolutely. Can and you... that's what we're trying to say here, guys. Yes. So it is about marketing. It is also about inspiring your clientele and showing them what could be, right? Because uh, a lot of clients, they come to a jeweler for custom pieces. They don't necessarily have the, you know, education about jewelry to know what it could be or, you know, just very frankly, a lot of clients don't have imagination about what it could be, too. And I think it's smart for business for you to be able to show that kind of breadth of work as well, even if it isn't for that particular client, just to be able to have uh, that design in your back pocket that can go beyond what we've grown accustomed to. I think that's what's great about this movement of men in jewelry in general, right? In that, like, it doesn't really uh, matter. Like, like nobody associates pearls with just women anymore, right? Mm -hmm. That's really yeah. become a huge trend, obviously, for several years now. And it's it's hard to now, because we've seen it so much, to think of pearls as purely feminine, uh, as we mm -hmm. would classically kind of categorize them. And I think that's a great thing. I do, too. Mm -hmm. I mean... Every time I see ASAP Rocky wearing pearls, I... You love ASAP Rocky. I love him. I mean, he's great. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's been snatched up now. Oh, yeah. He's but snatched. I'm yeah. all in for them. I said he's snatched. He's snatched. Not what I meant to say, but yes. <laughs> well, yes, but I, I like the idea, too, thinking about men and jewelry. It's that idea of, as a woman, seeing man, a man in pearls makes me want to wear it. I want that vibe. So I think it's important to Let's... think about marketing in the scope beyond it isn't so much about a woman in pearls to make me want to buy that. It's the vibe. It's the vibe, but also it's just like the sex appeal of that too, right? Like mm -hmm. women like looking at men, like, you know, like heterosexual women like looking at men, like what's wrong with that? So why not have an <laughs> ad where that's, you know, the case? Yeah. It, it's it's very funny you touch on something that's super interesting because I am often in position because of the nature of my work where we have clients who say things to us like, oh, well, my clientele is older, so maybe we can't do something something that's like really edgy or cool and and too young looking and I always respond to them and say your client wants to be edgy cool and young looking they like do. we all want we all that. do and also if you've ever met like a really chic 80 year old walking around New York City they, they may as well be 20 like yeah, they're 20 exactly. at heart they're 20 at heart forever right exactly so of course they want to see it's a state of mind it's a state of mind and of course they want to see something that like reminds them of their younger self like of course right. so don't make weird assumptions like that about your clientele and also it's a little bit ageist to say that your older clientele is only going to be, be interested, interested in. in something that looks very sort of conservative and stuffy right all ages is so cool when yeah. you see that vibe of like people not being afraid to have younger people older people but i agree that like these images are meant to be aspirational in whatever way you go with them exactly and right it, and the jewelry same, for all jewelry for all always all the time and all the time. all the time but it's also about 
you know, the same can be said then for how you market to varying genders or gender identities or whatever in that you – to JB's point, you don't have to put something on a woman for to sell only to women. It doesn't really work that way, and it doesn't. Wo- the inverse mm-hmm. of that has never worked either. Right. You know what I mean? Like the people have never not bought something because it's like on a woman in an ad campaign. Right. And well, and I think the world is changing. Completely. Right. Like I think, and thank God, it, it used is. to be this way, but in. Now that we are constantly inundated mm-hmm. with images, now we we see men street man's men in street style. Right? Mm-hmm. It used to be when they go to the fashion shows, you just see the, what the women were wearing. Now it's everybody. Yep. Right now we're constantly inspired, not so much by what women are wearing but what are people wearing exactly what are just people wearing and how are they mixing it and how are they taking like i don't know something like what did you would think of as traditionally a woman's necklace and mixing that with menswear in a really interesting and sexy way i mean i don't know how many runway shows i've seen where men are walking in women's uh shows and not and it's not just sort of men that can present female it's just men masculine men who are walking in women's shows and the inverse is true too i see menswear show collections all the time with women walking in them as well that's the world we live in and that's a wonderful thing and you should think of that as a marketing opportunity right i go into the men's department Mm -hmm. when i go into stores Mm -hmm. to see what's there i find it super inspiring i love the cuts Mm -hmm. of menswear i think you know it can be super sexy Mm -hmm. for a woman and i i wonder too, when and and maybe I'm an anomaly. When I go to a website shopping for jewelry, I like to see everything all together. Mm-hmm. I do go to the men's to see what's in there because I I might like that better. Mm-hmm. And maybe more often than not, I have a tendency to like those really clean lines, which are all often applied to men's jewelry and not so much to quote unquote women's jewelry exactly so it gets very confusing and i mean we're all here to say let's mix it up a little bit mix it up a little bit but also um make everything much more accessible to everybody too that's really what it comes down to as well i mean i don't care for personally i don't care for most men's watches i find them like bulky mm. and ugly and whenever I love I've been them. Love but them. you love yeah. them but whenever I've been attracted to a watch it's it's to been typically a woman's watch because mm. I find them to be much cleaner looking and much easier to wear we need to just get rid of this gender thing I know it's just so silly yeah. and it's it's uh, it's also a potential lost opportunity for most jewelers as well to think only in those terms. I mean, listen, we see so much stuff and we see so much photography and marketing. Don't tell me that if somebody who works strictly in pearls, if they had an ad campaign that just had like this hot, buff, ripped dude wearing nothing but pearls, Mm. that that wouldn't get you to stop and look at that ad versus every other cheesy, oh, she's wearing a black dress and it's like dramatically lit from behind and she's just in silhouette and she's holding her string of pearls. I mean, that is the most boring, bloody thing and everybody's done it. And your clientele, you're insulting them when you're making the assumption that that's the only thing that they're going to respond to. Right. So 2022. And people want to see new and people want to see interesting and you can sell and and repackage classic pieces like that mm-hmm. 
just by shifting the way that you style them and the way that you uh, sort of present them in a marketing campaign. That's right. how men's pearls became hot. It's the same product it always was. Right. You just put it on a guy and suddenly and people now. are like, oh, pearl. like, pearls, come on. Pearl, who cared about pearls before, uh, in recent years, years before, ago, we before men started? Care less. Yeah, exactly. Two years yeah. ago, we couldn't care less. Men started wearing them. Everybody's just like, Aesop this is Rocky. sexy. Yes. Well, I'm Harry just going to give him all the credit. Yeah, I know. Harry Styles, um, <laughs> all the other ones i don't know billy people's porter. names billy porter of course yeah. who never gets enough credit doesn't get enough credit but here's the flip side we've been talking about how you know we're marketing to women right and mm. how we should open it up jewelry for all but let's talk about men shopping right because that's the thing you're closing yourself off to absolutely is if you are not talking about men. That's a huge market That's that half you're the market. missing. I mean, it's I mean, uh, yeah. disproportionately women do spend more money on jewelry or, or generally kind of wear more jewelry than men do still. That is the case. But it's there's another half of potential market share that's out there. And the culture is shifting in such a way that it's becoming socially much more acceptable for men to be fully decked out in jewelry. Mm-hmm. Men in all positions, in all walks of life, it's becoming much more acceptable. And that is... Uh, to me, when there's a cultural shift like that, I just think in terms of commerce and I think, oh, that's a marketing opportunity. Exactly. You know, Because the way it is right now, if we stick by these traditional standards that have been set in place, both gender norms, yes, right, sure. and how we market as businesses, mm-hmm. if we stick to that, men are only going to supposedly go to jewelers who have a men's section or marketing towards yes. men. And that isn't how it really is. So we should really be open to, I, I'm i just going to say it, get rid of those, right? I, I would love for people to get rid of those categories because here's the thing. If a guy thinks the thing looks too feminine, he's not going to buy it, it's whether you it. categorize right. it as women's or not. <laughs> like True. If so it's true. too feminine for him, he will not buy it. If it's not, he will buy it, right? Mm-hmm. You're only potentially losing a sale you're never not you know go you're never going to turn somebody off for not having that category or confuse somebody because people have eyes and they know what works for them and i'm not afraid of a feminine looking piece of jewelry i'm wearing like several right now as we speak great and you're wearing pearls i'm wearing pearls and i'm wearing uh like butterfly wings from foundry and so it's the sort of i would say that to most people these this is a classically feminine design and I'm wearing another piece from Foundry that has lilies on it so it's got you know a kind of feminine vibe but on a guy it totally changes yeah it totally the aesthetic of it completely changes so we know what's good for us you don't have to tell us well this is women's this is men's mm-hmm. you I, I have eyes and i can see when something is too feminine for me and it does, mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like my vibe i don't buy it just as i don't buy a thing that feels too bulky and masculine because i don't like bulk and i don't like sort of overtly masculine looking jewelry for me personally right so uh, that's uh, everybody knows how to shop for themselves Creating the category only ensures that a guy never visits the women's category and never sees designs that he could potentially wear with ease. I know. If I were a guy today and I wanted to get into wearing jewelry, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would even know where to start. Here's the thing. Most stuff that's classified as men's jewelry always looks way less interesting than the women's counterpart. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what's frustrating if you are a guy and you're going to these websites and you're shopping specifically for 
men's stuff, you're going to see a watered down, blander version of the much cooler, more interesting designs. And then you're just going to say, ah, this isn't for me. Yeah. But maybe if you saw that ring that was categorized as women's, that it's like way cooler and way higher design concept, you would say, hey, maybe I'm into jewelry because that thing looks that sick looks and I want to wear it because it looks really cool. Yeah. You know, so tons of women's jewelry is really cool and lots of women's jewelry can go both ways, right? As far as sort of feeling more masculine or feminine traditional in the traditional sense. Yeah. Uh, so like, why not get rid of that category Yeah. so that people will look at it and right. see it? Yeah. I th- I, this is a whole new frontier, oh, I it's, think. Uh, I feel like that too. And it's, it's funny because it's something that's more of a given in fashion. And like most mm-hmm. things, you know, jewelry is always way behind. Right. The jewelry industry. We're here to catch you up, guys. We're here to catch you up, Heaney. So, in your experience mm-hmm. as a photographer of jewelry, yes. how, do you do you shoot men for I do shoot men often or I do shoot men and we're slowly shooting men more and more frequently in the first few f- uh, years of my business, I never shot a male model for a campaign ever, mm-hmm. but now we're starting to do it much more often. And even with just showing the clients women's design on men, we actually yeah. do that now. Pretty commonly, really. So, yeah, That's we did exciting. that. Yeah, we did that for companies like Barry O'Neill. We shot a campaign for mm-hmm. them that had two men in it, and they were wearing like you know the women's stuff and the men's stuff. So, and they were mixing it in sort of interesting ways and styling it that way. So, it sort of just creates um, you know a- an opening for a guy that otherwise maybe you wouldn't see. And we have like two beautiful men who are both very different looking, and then you see them in the stuff, and you think, oh yeah, a man can wear that. Yeah. You know, clients like I said earlier, they sometimes lack imagination. So if you just show them how to style a thing and how to wear it, they'll say, oh, that's oh, so cool. Yeah, yeah, I can do that, and it looks great, and it doesn't look wrong on this guy. It just it just looks it's just it a good look. Great. Barry yeah. O'Neill is one of those companies that is really great at kind of uh, getting rid of those demarcations, right? They're mm-hmm. very good at sort of uh, having a much more non-binary idea about gender and in their collections and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So I always commend them for that. They've always been they've done this for years at Barry O'Neill. So this is like not a newfangled thing for them. And then you have. Um, we have uh, several shoots coming up now where we're shooting really kind of editorial-looking campaigns. And in all of those, we will be featuring the men wearing what is the quote-unquote women's collection. But even those clients are not categorizing those pieces as women's. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a jewelry. It's just That's what great. it is. Yeah. So I love seeing that now finally on my end where, like I said, for the first few years of me running my business, I never encountered that. That's exciting. And I think to to your point about fashion being so different, what's exciting about jewelry and it being inclusive like this is I think unlike looking at a fashion shoot where Mm -hmm. you imagine yourself in that outfit, jewelry is very different when I see pictures or editorial featuring jewelry, I focus in on that piece. Yes. And I love to see like a great editorial image. It catches my eye. But when I think about what my takeaway Mm -hmm. is from that, it's usually like, that's a great piece of jewelry. I could wear that. Because in reality, even though there are these definitions right now of that's for him or that's for her, it's not true, right? When we see pictures and we see a great piece of jewelry, I think most people are like, ooh, I want that on yeah, my body. I, I yeah. think so too. I think so too. And it's nice. I love doing still life and I love uh, creating sort of really editorial looking still life work uh, for my clients. But it's really a great idea for everybody to um, show it 
obviously on figure and to not be afraid of showing it on a male model as well. Yeah. And so, we did. We did, yes. A campaign. Uh, yeah, we did a campaign and we only had a male model wearing everything and it right. all looked absolutely gorgeous on him. Exactly. And it didn't matter. It didn't even, you know, it's so funny. When we're having conversations like this or when I hear people having conversations like this, my visceral reaction to that is always like, what? What are you talking about this for? Like, isn't this a given to you? Like, why is yeah. this new information? I never look at anything and I've been this way my whole life. I never look at anything and think in terms of like, oh, this is a woman's piece. This is not for me. Me too. Or or like, you know, I never think in those categories. So I'm always a little shocked when I Mm. encounter clients who do think very strictly. Are we the weird ones? Maybe we are. Maybe. But we're also very sexy. Yes, that's true. So We get by. We get by. Whether we're the Listen, weird ones or not. If we're the weird ones, we're doing pretty well. Yeah. We're doing pretty Join well. Join our side, guys. It's fun over here. It, it's it's very fun yeah. over here. Well, so yes, we did a campaign together, which is hopefully just a teaser for something bigger that's There's coming. a bigger project that's coming for NYC Jewelry Week. Right. That involves many men. So many so men. Many men. Oh, so, many Let, so the thing that I loved about that shoot is we put this guy and so Grigory Basov is the model's name who's an incredible editorial yeah. model put him in all sorts of mm. things and what do we love to see men in <gasps> I want to see more brooches we talked at the very top of this podcast briefly about Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. and he is rocking that brooch right he is I saw a photograph from him I guess at the Dune premiere or something like that mm-hmm. some red carpet for some film. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Right. But he looked amazing and he, he was amazing. rocking the brooches. And Kendrick Lamar was just at the Super Bowl wearing Tiffany brooches. He looked great. It's mm. such a cool statement. And I love to see a man in a brooch because it's it's like a throwback, right? I love that idea of bringing something back that hasn't been. Yeah. But also you can put it anywhere. Exactly. And men, I think what's interesting about men when they get into the jewelry space, it's like a free-for-all. Like oh, there yeah, are no we, rules like women, like we apply these rules to it because yes. it's tradition, right? And because you were sort of growing up like, oh, when you've got a brooch, it goes on this lapel right. and this is how you wear it. And you kind of, yeah. th- that sinks in over time and it just becomes the norm right. for you. And whereas like men, because they're already in their heads doing something newfangled right. they just put it's it just, anywhere it's so inspiring and yeah. this is why all this stuff needs to disappear because fucking it's rabbits. so exciting fucking rabbits yes Japanese company called fucking rabbits they yes. literally make little pins of bunnies getting it on and yeah, we met cute. somebody here at the podcast studio wearing one of those pins and he was mm-hmm. wearing it in an interesting way mm-hmm. and we were both like yeah this is sort this of what happens when men wear mm-hmm. jewelry they sort of do it in ways that are, is totally unexpected right? right to your earlier point about brooches and this is something that i think is uh, this is perhaps a discussion for another day when we can really get into this in detail but to talk in terms of m- all of this stuff being newfangled is to- a total fallacy. Men mm. always wore jewelry. Right. And brooches, yes. one of the biggest categories. Yes. yes. yes so yes. to say like, oh, this Let's is a new not thing. not pretend this is new. Yeah, this yeah. isn't new. Men have always done this. Men have always worn jewelry. Yeah. Men, historically, wore way more jewelry than women did always because it was a display of their wealth and power. They had the so best jewelry. They had the best jewelry. So to then get into, to be sort of sheepish about men in jewelry is to me so 
bizarre. And you know what? It's like there's it, a wave of humanity, right? The ups just, and downs. The ups and, and downs. Back and forth. And the pendulum always swings one way and then the other. And yeah. that's just how that goes. But it's always comical to me when people are like, oh, but you can't do that. And I was like, oh, that's funny because we always have. There are no rules. There are no rules. It's all arbitrary. Mm-hmm. So I love, I love... You know, I said this last time we tried our hand at this. There's nothing sexier than a man who fully embraces himself. Mm-hmm. You know, there's as much sort of, there's as much uh, uh, policing about masculinity as there is policing about femininity, right? Yeah. A- and uh, men deal with that just as much as women do, just in very different ways. And obviously, there's a difference in power structure and all that. So that's a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm not saying, oh, woe is me. I'm a man. It's so hard to be male. You know, obviously that's not the case, but uh, there there's a lot of policing of masculinity, and a lot of men don't feel. I think a lot of the baggage that men have in general in life is uh, that they never feel like they can express themselves fully or wholly and embrace their femininity, mm-hmm. and so and then that turns into toxic masculinity at some point, right? Mm-hmm. I think I feel like that's one of the common sources for men, uh, and it's just an unhealthy kind of mentality that leads to really vile behavior. Mm-hmm. Because you're constantly trying to assert your masculinity. When we live in a world where we're doing less policing of femininity, masculinity, or any of those lines, uh, you get a much healthier society because people feel freer and uh, to be themselves, and there's a greater sense of ease, uh, comfort in their own skin, mm-hmm. and uh, th- which typically means they're going to be happier, healthier, emotionally and mentally much more stable, all of those things, right? So I think that it's what's great about men in jewelry is that it's showing kind of signs of a slowly, slowly heading in that direction where we're saying to men, like, you can be all of those things and it's okay for you to embrace that side of yourself and we're not going to police you. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not going to sort of try to enforce some sort of really uh, old-fashioned idea about masculinity and this is how it ought to be and this is what you need to be like at all times right that kind Mm -hmm. of really overtly performative thing you don't have to do that you can just be yourself and you can enjoy the same things that women enjoy and vice versa Mm -hmm. so i think that that's uh uh, what's great about men and jewelry and there's nothing sort of more attractive in a human being regardless of gender Mm -hmm. and gender identity than when somebody's truly comfortable in their own skin and embracing what they love to embrace Exactly. You know? Yeah. So I love seeing that. And I think that's super, super sexy. Yeah. Let's talk about some jewelers who we think are doing this well, doing this like just marketing their jewelry, right? Mm. No definitions. Mm -hmm. It's a free fall. You're a man, you're a woman. You show up at this website or you show up at their shop shop, Mm -hmm. and you feel like you can just do whatever you want. I'm going to start with Foundry because that's a huge... That's, That's a huge, a huge one. brand for you. <laughs> yes, hugely popular here mm-hmm. in New York. I Beautiful think showroom in, in the Soho. whole world. Yeah, actually, she's doing great. And her jewelry, while I guess seemingly feminine, I, I mean, guess if you really. had to put something on it, I mean the pieces. Not, yeah. uh, the pieces I'm wearing are maybe more feminine than what you would typically see at this store, but it's medallions but and her, cigar it's rings. It's unisex. And it's totally 100% unisex. And nothing on their side is categorized like in in a way that this is only pieces for men. This is only pieces for... You see both men and women wearing everything Jewelry in the collection. Yeah. Jewelry for all. And the collection is in earnest purely unisex. Anybody can wear it. They do that so well and they do such a great job at kind of pitching it in right. that fashion. Well, and I think she cuts through yes. Beth, who owns Foundry. I think mm-hmm. she cuts through 
to what is at the heart of the reason we as humans love jewelry. Exactly. Yes. Right. It's it's expressive of the time we're in. Yes. It's of also her personal history. And it's also about history in general. So yeah. there, there's sort of symbolism in that jewelry that is inspired by history and, and sort of historic pieces of jewelry that it sort of references. Exactly. Which is great. You have She makes these cigar bands that men and women could wear, yeah. which typically you wouldn't think of so a cigar cool. band as somehow feminine. But it can, this one can oh, be. Yeah. So I, I love her work. I have to tell you that out of like all of the independent kind of smaller jewelry like that were that I shop from. Mm-hmm. I own more pieces of hers than I do anyone else's. Another company that I love personally is Walter's Faith. I know they're like I think they're like pretty much a household name. I mean, maybe yeah. not in the mainstream, but most people know who Walter's Faith is, right? Yeah, yeah. So I love their work. And that to me, all of their designs to me are completely unisex. Anything can be worn by a man. Anything can be worn by a woman. The designs are, you know, chic. They're classic, but they're still modern and they're still kind of edgy. There's a cool edge to everything that they produce. Mm-hmm. Some pieces can feel a little bit more feminine, can feel a little bit more masculine, but they kind of teeter-totter on that line where... When you kind of style them the right way, none of that matters. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their pieces are completely, like, interchangeable. You can wear them as a man, as a woman, as anything. It doesn't matter. So I love – I think that they do that as well as, uh, you know, Foundry. And they're an amazing example of that. And people should check them out. Yeah. Yeah. And I love Johnny Nelson for the same reason. Yes. He he just makes jewelry that – he does a lot of jewelry that speaks to his culture – his personal history as mm-hmm. well. Growing up, he is a hip hop musician as well. Yes. So there's a lot of like things infused in in the jewelry that he creates. But it is for anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love to see. I also love to see him would, sharing that. Yeah, I would wear Johnny's pieces. Oh, so Like cool. I would totally buy one of his I mean, rings if he made it in 18K he, gold. Four-finger ring. Yeah. yeah, if he made that in 18K gold. He started doing gold. He did. He did. He did. Okay. So you need to check it out. I'll call you, Johnny. But that it, it's so great to see this jewelry coming forward, especially, you know, Johnny's a relatively new brand mm-hmm. when it comes to jewelry. I think he's only about like six years old, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% he's a six sure year old. That, but he's a six year old. Yeah. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. a. A child genius, He's a child, basically. Just child savant, jewelry yeah. designer. Yeah. Is he going to hear this and be like, hey, JB, uh, don't yeah. worry, Johnny, we're going to get you on here so you can... Yeah, we'll you get you on here, Johnny. You can talk def- about that. defend but yourself. Another another brand I want to mention before we close out this mm-hmm. little section is Boucheron just released their Maharaja-inspired collection. Totally unisex. And they show it on a man. And they show it on a man. And they show it the same pieces on women and men and that's so clever and you know what? You see those campaign images. You can see them on their homepage of their website. Uh, They are completely uh, interchangeable. And it's great to see a brand at that level, a high jewelry presentation come out with that. And Boucheron very much is about that idea Jewelry Week's tagline, Jewelry for All. Mm -hmm. But that brand is very much about that. And I love seeing that come from that level of jewelry because mm-hmm. oftentimes the, when you're a, when you're someone like Johnny Nelson there's no rules right Johnny's like this is my style I'm going to make whatever yes. I want but there are a lot of restrictions around a storied you know 
historic brand, like Boucheron. A historic brand, but also so known in the mainstream and so big and sort of so risk-taking is uh, hard because it's expensive. Right. Right. So when they do stuff like that, I think it's really emboldening it's to so everybody in to the see. industry to see. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it speaks to what we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. that men have historically wearing, worn great jewelry through history, great. oftentimes had better jewelry than the women. Yes. Right. So that was, that was such a great moment mm-hmm. when that happened earlier this year yeah. to see that from a brand. Like I, I, I love seeing that. I love seeing both that and I love seeing brands that kind of do not distinguish or create that category at all, like the ones that we've named uh, before. So I, and I think that that's a very clever and smart way to go about it. Um, I think that a great source of inspiration for men can also be historic jewelry like antiques because there are plenty Mm. of designers who kind of specialize in sourcing antiques. They either do recastings of antique pieces or, you know, you just sort of source by the actual, um, you know, vintage piece itself. I think sort of with vintage stuff, there's the rules matter even less somehow. I don't know. I couldn't tell you why, but like the aesthetics of wearing uh, like a beautiful antique just sort of – it just turns into you wearing a gorgeous antique rather than you're wearing a men's, women's anything. Yeah, You know what I mean? Exactly. Like antique uh, medallions and love tokens, that's an easy one. There's a company uh, based out of Atlanta, Georgia called Heavenly Vices. They sort of specialize mm. in uh, love tokens, specifically yeah. like Southern love tokens. I mean, that's like a really cool idea. So they do those in like 22 karat gold recastings of those, which is like super cool. Yeah, and, so cool. And they're beautiful. And I, I would wear like basically all of them. I mean, mm. they're, they're, and they're special. And none of that is really gendered work, right? Right. Stuff like well, that. Well, and speaking of Vengeage, um, at the Super Bowl as well, mm-hmm. Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. who uh, plays for the Rams, showed up to the Super Bowl, you know, when they capture them walking yes. in, wearing Tiffany's bird on a rock, which is a historic yes. gem, mm-hmm. right? Just on his uh, you know, version of a Letterman's jacket, which is um, such which a clever and sexy so kind of cool. idea. I love that. I honestly can't get over this moment, and <sighs> I've been talking about it all week to see such a historic vintage mm-hmm. thing on an athlete. Yeah, um, it's so cool to see this sort of historic thing coming to life in such a modern way. Yeah. I love to see that. I mean, at the end of the day, men who have disposable income love to adorn themselves. Yeah. They He's just got do. great style. He's got great style. Great style. So I, it's none of this should be like a medical mystery to people. Yeah. Where they just can't figure out how to market yeah. a thing to yeah. a man. Put it on a guy. Really, we just need to start styling men. Enjoy. That should be That's what that we should need be to our do. next gig. I think we should yeah. do that. I think we, you and I should do that. I think we should quit this. We should yeah. definitely quit this. Well, call us. The people, all okay. you call, call us. Call us. Call us. We'll figure it out, but we should quit this. I want to go home. <laughs> so, men and jewelry. I think uh, the takeaway here is it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Jewelry for all. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Rough Cut, the official NYC Jewelry podcast. Find us at NYC Jewelry Week or at nycjewelryweek.com where you can find tons of more info about me and Alon and what we're doing here at the podcast. I'm going home and you cannot find me there. I will not answer the door. I will not answer my phone. I'm going to be left alone. I'm done. Okay. Okay? That's good.
Bye bye. <laughs> Your sign offs are the best. I never know <laughs> what's gonna happen. What's gonna happen? Okay, now we can have a quick break. Oh, oh my god. Bože dragi. That-